this is your spoiler warning. If you haven't watched Justin Timberlake do the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge nine years ago, and you care about where us have telling you, you been? <laughs> what rock have you been living under if you haven't seen Justin Timberlake's Ice Bucket Challenge for ALS? And you're like, God, I don't want to know what happens in the Ice Bucket video. Spoiler Does alert. he pull the ice? Spoiler over his alert. Head? He pulls the he puts the ice on his head. May, why would you give it away? Sorry, this is the spoiler warning. Uh... Should we should we restart? Is that too is that too much? Should we restart the spoiler warning? I don't know. I'm I'm worried about our fan base. What? Okay, now hang on. I'll do this it. could be bad for attention. Hang on, hang on. Spoiler warning! If you haven't seen Justin Timberlake's ice bucket challenge, he puts the ice on his head. Intro no! <laughs> <Get through> there. <laughs> That's the worst one we've ever done. Word. If it isn't Professor Smarty Pants, we should never stop working on ourselves. You ain't walking away this time. Hello and welcome to the Justin Timberthon, a podcast where two chilly friends <laughs> watch and Pour review. Pour ice over their head. Uh, like, every... So every time I've done the intro... I wanted you to I've... say two chilly friends put ice over their head. I know you did, but I've got a point to make. Because I've realised, every time I do the intro, I say, two friends watch literally everything Justin Timberlake's made, and boy, this one's really driven that home. But then we find a more weird thing to watch. Because yeah. I'll be honest, Jerry was up there. I was like, we're not going to go deeper cut than Jerry. And then we did then that we did Dax Shepherd. <laughs> Then we did the behind the scenes of The Simpsons, and now we're doing the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, and we're not ten episodes in yet. We really didn't want to... This will be episode ten. Hey, happy ten. Happy ten. We've made it to ten, which is pretty impressive for this we're kind of project. We're halfway to the cuff. Yeah, we're halfway to the rule. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you hit over 20, you're more than like 80% of podcast. It's something insane like that. We're about to overtake Didn't Ask. I think Didn't Ask's on 12. But you do it every every, it's every other week. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. The Christmas ones was every week, but yeah, we're slowly overtaking. Didn't ask now. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. Justin Timberlake did the ALS bucket challenge. We're gonna be reviewing that in a bit. But me, how the gosh dang heck are you? I'm all right actually. I'm um, yeah, I'm all right. I'm looking forward to directing. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna be directing me for a change. Yeah, I mean, for a change, you've done it once. Done it once. <laughs> and also, yeah. I think you were the writer on that project, and there was an actual director. No, was there? Sure, yeah. Like, come on, I think I, I, I kind of directed that. You did a pretty good job. Um, I'm looking forward to directing. I am uh, directing uh, Freshers 3, which is a podcast series. Um, I was in Freshers 3, that won an award. Award-winning show, Freshers. Genuinely, like, a legitimate yeah, award. Yeah, just actually won an award. Actually won awards. <laughs> it's actually quite good. As much as we, in our personal lives and also on air, um, <laughs> shit on Freshers. A thing that I'm now in. Yeah. And trying to... I think it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I think it's alright. Season but... 3 looks good. I'm excited for it. I haven't read Series 3 and I listened to 5 minutes of Series 2. That's okay. And I, I earned this role. I had listened to series one when I did series two, but only like while walking to places. I'm choosing not to because it's like I don't want it in my head because it's sure. not related. And that's my yeah. excuse. 
it's an anthology series, so yeah. you're playing entirely different characters. I don't um, want to be... It's like when a new actor becomes the Doctor in Doctor Who. They're like, I don't want to just be an amalgamation of the old ones. I want to do my own thing. Sure, yeah. I'm going to make Nate a new character for Freshers. I am they are a Nate, new character. Right? You are playing Nate. That cool. is true. Because it came up on the schedule. I was like, I don't remember the name of my character. <laughs> I forgot. All right, well, <laughs> process of elimination, I suppose. <laughs> I mean... I'm coasting on the fact that I'm good at acting. You should read the scripts. I'm gonna read the scripts. You should read the scripts that I wrote, at least. I'm gonna read them all, because I have to. Yeah. But also, I'm like, it's re- reading isn't good for my brain, because it makes me really angry. You do now also have a list of every single scene you're in, so you can just read those scenes <laughs> if you like. <laughs> yeah, I made I've a... done less work for acting jobs before. <laughs> I had to make a recording schedule, scene-by-scene scene recording schedule, mm-hmm. And there are some weird availability things. We don't have one of the main characters. Arguably, the driving force of this series. We don't have them for, like, half of the recording days. We're doing That's four insane. days. We're doing two weekends. They're not available for the first weekend because they live in Bristol recording in Cardiff. So they don't want to yeah. come over. I've made it work. But it does mean doing... The first weekend mm-hmm. is just a mishmash a of scenes. Yeah. It's just every well, single like scene that she's not in. 10am, 11am, and then I'm not there till like 3. It does also mean that she is going to have the worst weekend recording. Because she's in every oh single scene. Yeah. Intentionally. Because it has to be that way. Yeah. Because we can't waste time in the second one doing stuff that she's not in. <laughs> yeah. She God. will be talking for both days. Her voice is going to be so fucked. You're going to need so much water on set. I hope she's not doing an accent for this. Oh my God. If she's hope, doing a voice. I hope she's just doing her normal speaking voice. Wasn't it Austin who was going to do a Birmingham accent? He was going to try and do a Brummy accent for season two. Austin Hampshire for... of Jerry fame. He did the <laughs> Jerry episode with us. He was in Fresh's season two as well. He was going to do a Brummy accent. <laughs> That man is not from Birmingham. <clears throat> Notab- no, no. Notably not from Birmingham. It The character was, like, notably working class. The entire point of that character was that they were from a very uh, working class background and they were just trying to get the money together to stay in Cardiff. They were just desperately yeah. trying to make ends meet. And Austin was like, how can I show that through my voice? Which, to be fair to him, he has the voice of an upper middle class man. Oh, yeah, no, he does he not sound working. Yeah, he sounds like the man he is. He is. He sounds I've... like a fake man. <laughs> I've walked in on Austin in the kitchen um, <laughs> cooking a camembert <laughs> in our student house. He's not real. I've known him for, like, two years now. I don't believe in him. And I was like, Austin, why do you have camembert? And he was like, well, it was the cheapest cheese in the, in the in Lidl. I was like, it definitely wasn't. <laughs> it was absolutely not. You can get cheaper cheeses. I know. I have some. <laughs> it's, it's always the thing with Austin is there's a the logic. He's like, well, I am playing a working class person. I have to do a Brummie yeah. accent. And nobody's like, can I do a Brummie accent? For some reason, they sell, like, the regional cheeses in Lidl. They sell much cheaper. Right. So for for most most of the time, I have like a kafili cheddar in See, my. I've never had kafili cheese. It just tastes so. It's got such a weird flavour. It looks just... bad. It's so crumbly and like, but not even that strong. Was it it's weird? just weird. We're famous for our cheese. And yeah. Yet, no one ever talks about kafili cheese. It's just fine. Like it's not it's, anything. It's like what. Well, 
we could do more. We could do so much more. Yeah. But what are the exports that's coming from Kafili? <laughs> we have a brewery that doesn't sell anywhere in Cardiff because I've Who's checked. the most famous person from Kafili? Toby Cooper. Probably up there. Is he from Tommy Cooper, the dress like that guy? The Fez? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I think, well, there's a statue of him in Kafili. Oh. Also, I can't think ha- of the most Do you know his person. last words? He died on stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, something has gone wrong. Yeah. Cut a brick, close the curtain, and he just died. It's yeah. insane. That's one of the most fascinating stories. Can I tell you a Tommy Cooper story quickly? before? Because yes. you look like you're about to ramp up to a new conversation. Oh, no. No, it's related, but okay. you can go. Um, Tommy, this is a true story about Tommy Cooper. Tommy Cooper went to Turkey once, mm-hmm. and um, he was you in something I find when going to foreign countries is that they can tell a British person so easily, and people were just making him, but they didn't know yeah. who he was. They just knew he was a British person, and he went to uh, like a market where they were selling fezes, and um, he put the fez on and went just like that because. <laughs> Because that's his catchphrase. He just yeah. did it. Force of habit. And no, that, no, I, I fucked the story. He didn't say that. He put the fez on. He's the one person that wouldn't say that. <laughs> he put the fez on. And then the um, guy behind the store, he said just like that. Just like that. And Tommy Cooper went, why did you say that? And the guy behind the store went, every single English person that comes here puts a fez on and says that. I have no idea why they say oh that. Oh my god. And Tommy Cooper was like, I'm the reason. <laughs> it's my favourite Tommy Cooper story. It's the only one I really know aside from the fact he died on stage. But it's a pretty good story. That is great. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, Tommy Cooper's a fucking weird guy. He's the, an interesting man. The Weatherspoons in Kefili is just covered in Tommy Cooper quotes. <laughs> Like, it's like, this. it says, like, toilets, next was like, uh, last night I slept like a log, I woke up in the fire. Which is a, just a random Tommy Cooper joke, I uh, <laughs> just all over the place. Um, I want to tell you a story. Yeah. Have I told you about the magician who pretended to be Chinese? No. This was around, actually, let me check again what year it was. This sounds like one of those books, like, The Owl Who Was Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> so this is, like, late 1800s. The magician who pretended to be Chinese. <laughs> well, that's what you Google it, it's like, we know what you mean. Sure. Um, so he's a Scottish man. Well, no, Scottish parents born in New York. Started life as, or started his career as a magician. He ramped up his Scottish accent. No one liked him. He did like a little bit. He got like attention, but never did well. So he was like, I need to change my image. No one really knows what a Chinese person looks like, but we've heard of China. Sure. So he spent, he completely changed his appearance, changed his name. Never spoke a word of English from that moment till he died. So that he'd be like, I'm showing you the wonders of Asian culture with Asian magic. magic." He'd have like assistants doing all the talking. And literally, he never spoke to anyone. His wife changed her name and pretended to be Chinese as well. This was their whole life. And then um, he was trying to do a bullet catch, got shot on stage, went, oh fuck, something's gone wrong. And then the curtain just closes. And then everyone found out he's just from New York. And he's just like, he was the most famous like Chinese magician in America. And they're like, because no one knew what a Chinese person looked like. So his name was um, Chung Ling Su. And um, he's in the film The Prestige. And they're like, God, he's, he's got a limp. He's pretending to have a limp his whole life. Because people thought that was the act. Like this Chinese guy's got a fake limp that he uses for his tricks. And now he's <laughs> fully just American. <laughs> That's great. And there was a thing, it was like, he never gained enough notoriety as his previous act for anyone to notice the similarities. 
<laughs> I love that layer in his like his biography. It's like, yeah, he was never famous. He was never good enough as a white man that anyone noticed he wasn't Asian. That's a fascinating story. I love that. That's great. I, I, it's, I'm, I love old-time magicians where they're just like, I'm going to ruin my life and also do something horrifically immoral because it'll give me a slight leg up. There was a story... This is only kind of tangentially related. Mm-hmm. There was a story about a guy who um, essentially made up Madagascar, <clears throat> the country... Right. He went away somewhere. Yeah. Came back to the UK and just published books about what the people of Madagascar were like. Right. But he'd never been. He okay. just made it up. And he, he wrote stuff like they have curvy chimneys so that they can... <laughs> and he just made stuff up and pretended to be able to speak... Hobbits. Yeah, he pretended to be able to speak the language entirely fluently but was just making up a language. Mm. And... And it, he only got rumbled when someone who actually had been to Madagascar like challenged him on this. And even then, people still believed this guy. Yeah. He just kept making things up. It was this really weird story. I know nothing else about that story. Well, it's like... It might not actually... It might be the Philippines, but... That kind of thing happened. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't happen as much now because you can just Google things. Well, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, like, um, you know comedian Anna Thomas? You yeah, had her on material. Yeah, she used to get a lot of shit for pretending to be Welsh. She is Welsh. Yeah. But her accent is so thick that people are like, she's clearly put that on. Yeah. And they'd be like, why is she doing this on stage? And they talk to her off stage, like, oh my god, she's still doing it. What a fucking piece of shit. Just trying to get cheap laughs from pretending to be Welsh. And then this, like, got back to her. She's like, I'm just from Wales. Mark Watson used to do a Welsh accent yeah. on stage. And he gets people. I've seen people in his comment section do this who say why are you doing an English accent because <laughs> they only they, they remember saw him, him doing the Welsh accent yeah. and thought that he changed from there but it was actually the entire the other way around <laughs> it's such it's a fascinating so thing just, yeah just like and he, he's talked so many times about being from Bristol he yeah. talks about it so much he's noticeably from Bristol <laughs> yeah did you see when he went viral because he got locked out of his venue? Yeah, it's it such a funny story. The gig in the pub. I almost went to that gig. That was the, that really? was a gig in Bristol Tobacco Factory, and I wanted to see Mark Watson, but his kind of show was sold out. So I was like, I'll go to the Bristol one. I just yeah. didn't get tickets in the end. But I almost went to that gig. I was like, I wish I went. <sighs> that would have been so good. Because Mark Watson is so weird. Like, I love him. Way, He's I love one him. of yeah, my favorite comedians. But it's like I saw the live stream of his last it was like not the fringe it was like his he was doing a comedy festival yeah and his gig he was just stood in the middle of the audience while everyone was coming in being like come on come on we're a little late we're a little late just come on it's fine just come on in this isn't the act it's absolutely he not does part that. of the act yeah yeah but then just this was the camera just focused on him and then he like it's like he's on mic as well yeah he's just talking just shouting and then he's like pointing and the camera just turns to the door because he wanted to film with people coming in but he's just there doing stand-up yeah he's off camera because he's like, no, 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 but this is the point where we're filming people coming in. So why would you film me, even though I'm talking to all the audience and, like, chatting, like, doing stand-up? He, I've watched his Amazon Prime special. Right. It's really good. It's, there's a series on Amazon Prime called Live from Soho, which is just stand-up okay. specials filmed in, like, 2022. It's really good. Right. There's a couple really good ones on there. Uh, Mark Watson has one, which is, like, his second to latest show mm-hmm. called Is This It? It's a really good show. Right. Um... But he starts it for like the first five minutes. He's just at the bar. And he's like, he's doing 
stand-up. Yeah. He's telling routines, but they're not part of the show. They're just, like, context stuff that he's just setting up. Yeah. And he's, like... And he gets to the end of that second, he's like, all right, I'm going to go onto the stage now. <laughs> so you put your hands together and welcome to the stage. He's been talking for the past ten minutes. Mark Watson <laughs> just goes onto the stage. It's insane. It's like... When I found out that him, Tim Key, and Alex Horn are friends, I was like, of course. Yeah. Obviously they are. Because <laughs> Tim Key's Zoom gigs is still some of the most deranged things I've watched. His live gigs are some of the most deranged things I've watched. I need to watch them, but, like, he's the only person who used the fact that he was on Zoom as part of it. So he had, like, videos that would play. Yeah. While Stuart Laws did that as well really well. Stuart Laws did that so well. I, it was weird, because the first time I saw him do a Zoom gig, he shaved as part of it. Yeah. And then he waited till he grew his beard back to do another Zoom gig and did that bit again. <laughs> he did the exact so he did the exact same routine again where like every like five minutes he changed rooms. And one of the rooms is he's in his bathroom shaving. And he wait he just waited till he got a beard so he could do it again. Like, this is you're earning so little money from this. Why are you like no one cares that you've done this? Stuart Laws did a show called Single Father of None. Mm. It's a really good show. He has like, he has very high concept shows, and the concept for this one was that he had a clone. Right. He had a, he had loads of clones that he'd made because he had a vasectomy, and okay. that's what the show was about. And he um, talked about how because he was going to have no children now, he made loads of clones of himself, <laughs> and it was di- done entirely over Zoom. Yeah. Um, but he started it on stage in a theater with just no audience, just talking right. to a camera, and then. He was like, fuck, I've left the prop at home. I've got to go get it. Yeah. And then he played a video that he'd... He pre-recorded this video, but it was him driving in a car, continuing the show. And he he was like, okay, I, I, I'm driving to my house now. And then he went back. He got to his house. Yeah. But it was just... It was a green screen of his living room that he was standing in front of. And he had... It was a pre-recorded video. He clearly yeah. set up to time it perfectly because throughout the routines, his clone would come into the shot and it was just him pre-recorded on the green screen. And at the end, he revealed that all of this was still in the theatre. He was still on the exact same stage. It was so good. It was really, really funny. I need funny. to watch more You should. He's so really I've only good. seen him at Dead Material. Yeah. Which is weird. I think he's fantastic. He's really, really good. So. I spoke a challenge. The ALS. Yeah. Bu- right, I've got the blurb. Um, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge is a charity trend that people kind of forgot the purpose of and just started pissing about with ice. Nine years ago, Justin Timberlake did this trend in a really fucked way. He was nominated by a dog. He was nominated by a guy <laughs> and his dog. He nominated by a magic dog. Like, Jimmy Fallon and two of Jimmy Fallon's He nominated friends. Jimmy Fallon, Steve Higgins, The Roots from Fallon Tonight. And the best thing about that is he is so visibly reading off paper that he like reads the name, looks at the camera, pauses, looks back at it, reads the next name, looks back at the camera. I'm like, you you know their names. I did not enjoy this video that much. <laughs> this was fucking horrible. Because, right, the, the Ice Bucket Challenge, the whole gimmick, in case... I'll be honest, we have friends who probably don't know what this is. Should I play the video into the mic? <laughs> you told me to stop doing this. It's like I was a minute going, long. I was going to do it. Yeah, let's do that. This so... Alright, JT here. 
I am accepting the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. I want to thank Patrick and Rescue the Dog from Boston for from nominating Boston. me. I uh, am going to pass this on and challenge Jimmy Fallon, Steve Higgins, and the Roots from Fallon tonight. Here we go. Ready? There are like 40 people behind him. I don't know who any of them are. It goes on like that for a bit. <laughs> That's the gist of it. So, normally, the ice bucket challenge is like, you and a bucket of ice, that's it. He has the biggest yeah. entourage I've ever seen of just hype people behind him. Did you do the ice bucket challenge? No. I did it. I was never nominated. I didn't um, have social media at that time. I didn't really. I don't know why I did it. Um... I remember doing it, and I remember my mum making me say that I was doing it for charity, even though I just wasn't. Well, that's what I was saying in the book, like, no one did it for charity. I just did it, yeah. Everyone was just like, because it, it became, I know the version that was going around in my school was, you either do it or donate. So everyone who did it is like, fuck you, you didn't donate to charity. It's like, you'd have to either pour ice on yourself or give money, and no one had any money, so you just poured ice on each other. I was debating saying a very real story for a second, but I think I might not. It's not anything really fucked up. It's just a bit weird. Right. <laughs> For a bit, I made me doing the ice bucket challenge my phone wallpaper. And I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's such a weird That's insane. story. But I had a phone that you could make like a short video of your background. It would just loop. And I made that. Okay, the fact that it's a video somehow tracks with you a lot more. No, it doesn't. It's no, so it's weird. I can imagine... Like, if you, if you right now showed me your phone background as you doing the ice bucket challenge, I'm like, yeah. This is not. It's me at an aquarium with a friend. So, the thing about this ice bucket challenge, the thing that defined it for me is that there's, like, 30 other people. And it's clearly people who are like, this guy's famous, I'm going to be with this guy. Those kind of hype people. So when... Justin Timberlake just pulls the ice on his head and then walks off camera... There was like another full minute of every single one of them getting like their time in the camera. He and walks like... towards the camera in quite a frightening way. <laughs> but like, they... and then he says, "You have twenty four hours to respond." <laughs> oh yeah, he does. As there's like a load of people being like, "Yeah." I want to see if Jimmy Fallon did it. He probably did. But I want to see if he credits Justin Timberlake. Ooh, that's good. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I love because like four different people I in the hype crew. Bucket challenge. <laughs> Read aloud as you're typing. Well, we have the Rob Riggle, Horatio Sands, Steve Higgins, The Roots, and Jimmy Fallon take the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. That'll be it. Shall we have a look? We've got an ad for the army first. <laughs> Try not to think about why that is. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun at the expense of the US Navy, but they are out there saving us from threats like Godzilla. Yeah! Oh, it is! He plays Timberlake's Ice Bucket Challenge first. Well, that's all I need to know. Yeah. I don't want to watch the whole video. <laughs> I just love that, like, four different of the hype crew just say, Oh, it's cold! Yeah. But, like, significantly after they've done it. And I'm like, was this your big moment? There was a note that I made um, that I think is interesting. Um, 
this feels like a late game audio description episode. As in, this feels like something that late in me doing audio description... You would have described I this. I would have audio described this video. It's like, I think this podcast is very clearly the, the two of us meeting on an idea. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps it vaguely, like, things happen in this episode. Like, you can listen to this and it's listenable. But also we're reviewing the AIS Ice Bucket Challenge video Justin Timberlake made nine years ago. I feel like it's a... Because we're holding it's each a combination. Back, but we're letting each other go as well. It's it's partially, for me, mm. it's partially the character of Mae Thompson's audio description. Yeah. The character that I am in that series. This series. <laughs> the character that I am I, in those podcasts. I was podcasts. gonna let you go get away with it, but yeah, I, I can't, even myself, I've got to call myself on that thing. Um, the character that I am in audio description meets a normal person. <laughs> Is this podcast... <laughs> Well, that's the thing, like, the thing about this is we are just as we are as friends, where it's like, you do something crazy, and I'm like, along for the ride, but I'm also like, maybe not all the way. But then also I'm like, here's my crazy idea, and you're like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) That's too crazy, you can't do that. I want to, I liked doing audio discussion, I want to do more narrative podcasts, Mm. which I'm doing, that's freshers, but I'm directing that. Um... I want to write more stuff, man. I've started writing a narrative podcast series, but I don't think... I don't know if it will go anywhere. I just like yeah. writing it. What I found with the writing I do is I will write about 4,000 words in a day and then nothing for two months. And I've never figured out how to keep the motivation. So I have so many like nearly finished projects. I'm like, if I just dedicated the time to this, this would be so fun and so amazing for me to do. Mm. But then I, without like a hard deadline, I don't do it. It's like, I've made films. Like, I can do that. I just don't now. Which is why I'm trying to get a job doing it. Because, um, like, I'm writing sketches for Sarah Breeze, which you're also doing. Yeah. Um, there's no hard deadlines. So I've just got so many, like, half-finished drafts. So I'm like, if you give me a deadline, I'll just... I'd have it done by then. That reminds me that I, sh- I had a sketch idea last night. I know I forgot to write it down, so I'm going to write that down now. Cool. Um... <sighs> Did you happen to just make this a shorter one? I'm having com- there's a conversation. Maybe yeah. not about the ice bucket challenge, but no, there's nothing to say about the ice bucket. Can I talk challenge. about the sketch I was tra- uh, I thought of? Yeah, you can do that. The sketch that I was uh, writing was uh, two trans femmes trying to have like a girls' night sleepover, but neither of them really knowing what girls do at sleepovers. <laughs> I can't have that. So just, but not letting on that they don't know that to the yeah. other person. <laughs> And I really want to film it with someone. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, I'm struggling with the Sierra Breeze ones because there's no visuals. Yeah. And um, one of the sketches I'm going to pitch is um, three people who definitely aren't, aren't cops, where it's just a normal scene <laughs> between three people who aren't police officers. <laughs> because there's a narrator in the show, and I'll just have that be, like, the introduction to the scene is like, and now for a conversation between three people who definitely aren't cops... And it's like a 30 second just normal chat. I wrote a sketch the other day that I was quite proud of for, mm. for this. Um, I called it Flu. <laughs> As in FLU. Yeah. Um, and it was about... Because uh, I, I was looking at a job description and I saw that in like the benefits you get free flu jabs. <laughs> so I wrote a scene where a person is applying for a job because they've got the flu and just want to get a flu jab because they think that will cure them of the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is good. 
So I really like it. Have you ever watched um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I've watched a couple of episodes. Have you watched the one where Mac and Charlie get a job together? No. They, they want to get a job for the health insurance, so they apply as one person, but it's both of them. And um, like, th- there's a great bit where they're reading out the CV, and it's just like, how do two people have three a three-year absence in employment? They're like, oh, we were busy. That's it. But it's like, it's all building to them just being like, no, we, we're not giving you the job. It's like, you can't even like, like we're two people for one job. He's like, wait, you would take one person's pay. He's like, we'll do it for free, and they just get the job because <laughs> they're like, well, if you want that, you can do that. That's that episode is easily the one that I would show people to show what Always Sunny's about because that's the one with the mental breakdown Carol scene that everyone I watched, references. Um, I think Sam sent me this list of episodes to end Always Sunny. We were I making it the, um, a while ago. The one I started with was the, uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was the one where they play the fucked game. Charlie McDennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie McDennis, I think, personally, I think you need to have watched a couple episodes before you watch it, but it also... I got the idea. It's funny. Yeah. I love really Charlie McDennis. Um, yeah. I think my favourite episode to show people is The Gang Dines Out, because nothing happens, they're just having a meal, but on separate tables and getting really angry at each other. That's the whole point of it. Like, nothing happens in it. And it's so funny. I'm tired. I, I said we should wrap it up. And you're like, no, no, we're doing this. Anything else you want to talk about, though? Um, I, I, I wasn't going to, because we've already had this conversation, but it will be fun to bring up. When this episode comes out, I will probably know whether or not I am the presenter of an S4C show about the London Underground. Because <laughs> I'm currently in the interview process for that job. <laughs> because <laughs> so I've applied because basically yeah there's a children's TV show about the London Underground being made for S4C and it was like we're looking for Welsh speakers aged 14 to 21 to host if you this get show. that job that's the it's funniest insane. thing that's ever happened to you and like I, I applied for it and all the applications like get your mum and dad to help you I just said the thing be like hello I'm 21 uh I didn't know if you wanted like a CV, but I've made an application that fits your format. And then within 10 minutes, they were like, hey, I'm free pretty much all of the next two weeks. When do you want to do a Zoom call? We'd like to get to know you better. I was like, oh, this is not a hotly contested role. <laughs> <laughs> it might might be the only applicant. I think it's... an actual child presenting that kind of thing would be bad. Oh, God, they shouldn't do that. Yeah. But I also think it might be a case of like... This could be a five-minute section on Newsround. And also, if they hire you, there's less labour laws. There's a lot less. It's so much easier to work with a 21-year-old yeah. than a 14-year-old. That's bad. It was things like, I get your parents to come with, with you for the Zoom call, and I really wanted to do that. Just as a 21-year-old, have my dad on the Zoom call with me while I'm doing the interview. We're pretty deep in... I was going to talk about a heavy thing, but we're pretty deep in it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I... Over the holidays, I listened to Jeanette McCurdy's autobiography. Mm. It was really, really good. Um, do you know who Jeanette McCurdy is? She I was know. in um, no, Carly and Sam Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. She fucking hated it. You had a terrible time. Yeah. yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. On Sam and Cat, the show that she did with Ariana Grande, <laughs> which is insane. Yeah. Um, they. It was such a troubled production that often they'd be on set until 1 a.m. On a sound stage with no windows, yeah. so no natural light. It's fucking horrible. Oh horrific. Yeah. Um, and one of the main characters 
was played by a 14-year-old. Right. And because of labour laws, that character very often just is like, i got to go do yeah. this thing. And then <laughs> yeah. they're not in the rest of the episode because they can't keep them on set anymore. And looking, watching yeah. those again is so interesting to know that. It's fascinating. Yeah, like, whenever there's, like, a really troubled production, it makes the thing way more interesting to watch. Yeah. Because, like, original Star Wars is was a fucking nightmare. There's so many stories, so much I love about it. And watching Star Wars now, it's like, everyone hated this so much. Yeah. Like, George Lucas didn't direct another film for so long. Because everyone was just like, he would wake up every day to a letter being like, stop what you're doing, this is so shit. We're wasting all of our money bankrolling this for you. Why is there a dog man running around? This is so stupid. The guy playing Darth Vader had a really thick Welsh accent and they just didn't tell him they'd get James Earl Jones to voice over (laughs) So he found out in the cinema when he was watching it with his family. So he always found out, I'm in the new style, everyone's talking about it, I play the villain. And Darth Vader walks on and it's James Earl Jones. They're like, oh, you lied to us. Like, no, no I'm in that scene. months. I'm in there. Have you ever listened to the original takes with the Welsh accent? I think I have. It's so it's funny. It's really funny, though. You are a rebel traitor. And you're a rebel and a traitor. Because <laughs> he, like, repeats lies. He's really bad at it. That also reminds me, um, the new Marvel show, Echo, one of the villains in it has a really thick Barry accent. I was watching it at the same time as Gavin and Stacey, and it, <laughs> fuck, it's so weird. Over Christmas, I watched so much Gavin and Stacey because it's just on at Christmas. Yeah. For some reason, it's just on like Channel 4 at yeah. Christmas for no reason. Gavin and Stacey is my Christmas thing. Yeah. Because I watched all three series for the first time in two days getting ready for the reunion special. So I watched it, uh, series one on the 23rd, series two and three on Christmas Eve. And now that's a thing I do every year. But I obviously don't have the time to do it all in one day anymore. So I just watch it over the Christmas period. It's such a good show. I really like it. It's so funny. It's really good. Um, I, I do think Matthew that... Payton's in it. Matthew Payton's in it. He's, so, he's so funny. He's genuinely, I love Matthew Payton. He's amazing. Have you watched Wrong Man's? I haven't. It's him and James Corden, which is annoying, but it's when James Corden was kind of funny. Yeah. And it's about just them get two normal guys getting really involved in a accidental crime plot. Yeah. There's a great bit I love where um, Matthew Payton's character is like, right, I'm just going to tell the crime boss what's happened and it'll all be fine. And he's uh, the crime boss is played by Benedict Wong. He's like, look, I found this phone. I'm not involved. I'm, I'm willing to give you everything you want. Just follow me. And then they're waiting for a lift. And he's like making awkward conversations. He's like, so, uh, so whereabouts do you live? And the crime boss is like, I'm not telling you. He's like, oh, I'm in this area, kind of like Surrey Way. And then he just sets his address. And it's a factor later that the boss just knows where he lives because he told him out of polite or like awkwardness while they're waiting for a lift. I want to watch uh, Me, You and the Apocalypse. Oh my god, that's so good. I haven't seen it, but I keep I seeing hate... stuff about it. I'm like, this looks really good. It was so clearly built to have a second series that it never got, though. Yeah. But oh my god, that show was amazing. What's the worst one of them? This Dirk was Gently. meant to get. Yeah. I really like Dirk Gently. I watched... The first season, and then I watched half the second season, and sort of dropped off it. Second series is weird, even by that show standards. Yeah, but it really it clearly builds to series three is going to be the last series. Big shit's coming, and then it never got a series three. Did you ever watch Class? 
The Doctor Who one? Yeah. No. See, that's the problem. Because I have, <laughs> and it's incredible. It's really, really good. I've heard But good everyone things. I ever say that to is like, I have A, never heard of this show, <laughs> and B, never watched this show. So It's really good. The only review I got when it came out was from my friend who's of a very Christian upbringing and a very Christian family. He's like, there's so much sex and violence. It was awful. There's not. There's then, yeah. one sex scene. Well, that's the thing. It was like, we would have been children at the time. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I probably won't watch that because my parents will be upset. It's dark. I mean, I want to watch it. I genuinely like, really do. In one of the second episode, a character who has like a very promising... Spoilers for class. Mm. Who has like a very promising uh, sports career ahead of him just becomes an amputee. Because an alien thing happens and he just loses a leg. And then he has, like, an alien prosthetic leg. Right. But his... But you can't tell anyone that because it's an alien thing. Yeah. And his, like, career just drops off and his, like, games start going terribly. And he has to explain to his dad, look, here's the thing. I have a fake leg now. Uh, Alien shit's happening. If you don't believe me, here's my fake leg. (laughs) Fucking hell. It's really good. Like, I, I quite like when Doctor Who just drops a dark thing like that. Yeah. Because, like, class was kind of built to be that. So I've, never, mm. I've watched half an episode of Tortua and I was like, this isn't for me. At the end of class season one, there was, like, a huge, like, entirely world-changing reveal. Right. <laughs> Where it was just revealed that, like, one of the main characters was an alien. Oh, and then it just... Or, like, got replaced by right. an alien. And it was like, this is sick! And it was like a shape-shifting sort of alien, so we... It was like yeah. It was like a t- ticking thing in the background that the audience knows this person is has ulterior motives, yeah. but can't reveal that <laughs> because there's Mad. like there's like a weird dynamic where they're like because they have the memories of the person they switch with, so they're like, I like these people, I really yeah. like these people. I think I might also be getting all of these details wrong, but whatever. Yeah. It's more or less this thing. It's uh, as established. No and I'm like, I can't wait to see that. It never gets a season two. It's- it's really good though even shows that did carry on if a show ends series one on a cliffhanger I'm like what the fuck are you doing they had Peter Capaldi in it in the first episode he shows up like think about the boys imagine if the boys didn't get a series two oh my god series one ends like halfway through an episode how does season one end season one ends Huey is rescuing MM and Frenchie from a prison camp and they're running they're in the middle of running away and then Homelander takes Butcher to meet Ryan. And then it's Yeah. Ends. So, like, they're in the middle of a gunfight when the series ends. And then the next series starts, like, oh, yeah, they got away. But, like, if that never got a series two... That. Yeah. What the fuck? Do you know the thing about um, Breaking Bad series one? Where no. it was gonna... Series one was gonna have two more episodes. Oh. Maybe series two was gonna... One of the, one of the early seasons mm-hmm. was gonna have two more episodes. But... Because there was a writer's strike around the time. Yeah. It just didn't happen. And because of that, we got the... I think the series one cliffhanger is a bit... Like, it feels a bit in the middle of something. Yeah, the, it feels a bit The Boys. It's yeah, because series one ends with like, oh, we're in the drug world now. Yeah. And that's kind of... It weirdly solves it. Well, series two is when there's just a fucking plane crash out of nowhere at the end. Jesse Pinkman was also going to die at the end of series one. But yeah. because of the writer's strike, those episodes never got written, Which so he didn't so die. Which is so good. Because Jesse Pinkman is probably that's one of my favourite characters yeah. in fiction. Like, he's such a good character. I love him so much. And what's the episode of Didn't Ask, where you introduce yourself as, I'm a bit of an anti-hero, I'm a Jesse Pinkman. Uh, family guy. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Jesse Pinkman type bitch. 
Because I come on and say, I'm back, bitch. I'm back. Can oh, yeah, I say you're, bitch you're in the bitch first? Hero. Can I say the bitch in the first 20 seconds? I'm back, bitch. I'm like Jesse Pinkman. And I love that because you were in the previous episode that came out. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that. You filmed those, you recorded those ones so out of order. Such a bad shit order. Like this podcast, which is now vaguely on track. Yeah. I think we try and keep it. Well, we might bank a few. Yeah. Um, this is one of those ones where I don't remember a single thing we've talked about in the last 45 minutes. We have been recording for about 40 minutes now. I don't remember any How of was the Ice Bucket Challenge for you? I think it's just... I had another lane. thing I was going to talk about, actually. <laughs> um, there was an episode of Audio Description where I finished recording it and mm. uploaded it. On... Did I just record an episode? <laughs> I literally thought to myself, hang on, did I record that? Because I do not remember What's anything that's I said. That's why I like having a more variety of guests. Because the yeah. amount of... I keep forgetting that I didn't ask episodes we've recorded... I sure. forgot about would you bet your, what happens if you bet your ass and lose. I thought about the other day, the musicals episode we did. I'm just going to send that to you because I don't think it'll be out for a while. I like it. I thought it was a good episode we did. At the minute I'm trying to decide if I've finished series one and I'm going to take a break or if I can start taking more risks. I feel like that episode is a bit like the pilot of Timberthon, really. Because yeah. it's just us talking about a thing. It's not really a question. I was talking to Joe about it. And I was like, the fun of didn't ask is it could just have really different vibes. Because I really want, and it, it, I'll, I'll probably never do it, but I want to do an episode that's just called Why Am I Sad? And we just have like a really horrible deep chat. And then the, the next one's like, oh, which Pokemon would you fuck? And there was like no in between. Because <laughs> the podcast would be whatever. Like the Welsh language episode is a really nice long chat about the Welsh language. It's a good episode. I like that And then one I think the next one is Would You Bully Billy Elliot? Which is like a really nice yeah. conversation about trans identity. And it's like, what if you were the family guy? <laughs> What would you do if you were Peter Griffin? Lois! Lois! <laughs> Lois! Is that much of a fucking whiplash of energy between the episodes? I give Justin Timberlake's AS- a- ALS <laughs> Ice Bucket Challenge. He did it all mute. A Justin Timber piece. I think it was just shit. <laughs> New tier. I don't give a shit. I do not care what this gets. I give it a Justin Timber piece. 10 out of 10. It's Christmas. No, that's not... <laughs> that's if we both give it a Justin yeah, yeah. Timberpiece. If we both give it Timberpiece, it's should we Merry dis- Christmas. Should we decide what it actually is if we both I give really it? I really like It's a Merry Christmas. We have a good... It's a Christmas. Because <laughs> I don't think we're having a double Timberpiece for a while. Yeah, we can't just call that a Justin Timberthon no. because this entire... this is Because that's not... That's a marathon. Yeah. It's based on marathon. Leguizamarama, yeah. which is... What this podcast is shamelessly stealing. We've never mentioned yeah. it on mic, but we'll mention it now. I think I've talked. If they if they both give name. it to five, five Leguistamos, what they do for John Leguizamo, mm-hmm. then that's a Leguizamo Rama. Yeah, that, makes that sense. works. We can't say this is a this Justin Timberthon. I had an idea about what we do for like um, milestone episodes. Mm. I think it would be funny to um, like rap put all of what we've last watched in the last 50 episodes or whatever, put that on the scale. Oh, that is good. We just see where they all come on the scale. And maybe we throw in some clips in on the way and stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be fun to do a clip show of this. It's my best of clips. I give this a Justin Timber piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was bad. Just say the outro. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for listening. Um, gonna go to work now, uh, so I'm not gonna have one. But I hope you have a wonderful, f- chilly Justin Timber day. Justin Timber, bye. What, we need to get better having energy for the outro. We're bad at this. We crash so hard. Have a great Justin Timber day. <laughs>